I'm James Hahn II. And I'm Mark McCourt. And you're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast brought to you by Red Wing. This is the show for busy oil pros who want to quickly keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. Episode number 66. We got a lot of sixes going on, Mark. We've published six shows in the last six days. I hope everyone can keep up out there. Yeah, so hats off to James. It's um, it's actually we didn't publish six shows. James published six shows. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, those 0.5 episodes, they take a while, as in full days to produce. But I'm really happy with the quality that we're getting out of them these days. And speaking of quality, we're getting some pretty quality search rankings. Have you seen the update, Mark? I absolutely have. We're starting to dominate the charts, aren't we? We are dominating the charts. And if anybody is new to the show, you know the show is Oil and Gas this week. But what was it? Episode 40? Between 40 and 45, I gave you a call, Mark, and explained why we were going to change the name of the show. Yeah, and it, it, it makes perfect sense once you understand uh, search engine rankings, right? So the term that you're trying to capture, James taught me, is that you put that term as close to the beginning of the title and it increases your search engine rankings. So that's why we changed the name of the show. Right. I just broke that down to Mark. I said, listen, I just found this out. 70 people a month search for oil and gas podcast. If we flip it and we put oil and gas this week at the front, we'll capture those 70 people eventually and we'll also get higher in the search rankings. So it, it instantly gave us a jump in iTunes and then over time, your reviews are what have pushed us up because we got pretty quickly, we got on the first page of Google, but we were stuck at the bottom for months, Mark. For months, I just checked it and checked it. And then boom, a couple of days ago, here we are, number three. So when Mark tells you about the reviews, it absolutely helps. And we'll get into that more toward the end of the show. But we have some kind of, I don't want to say it's a heavy topic to talk about today, but we're not going to do the, the traditional show where we go through several different topics from around the world. We're going to focus on one particular area, and that particular area is Alberta, and specifically Fort McMurray, because the wildfires up there have decimated an entire, an entire town of very hardworking, wonderful brothers and sisters in the oil field up there. I don't know if you know anybody out there, Mark, but I know that we have one listener who reached out to us on this. Yeah, it's, um, I, I, I know several people out there, but our, our, the story of what our one listener did um, is, is pretty heroic stuff. It is pretty heroic stuff. You want to you wanna fill them in? Yeah, so basically, you know, big shout out to, uh, to Cody. Um, so Cody uh, wrote into us, and he he won the bag, the Red Wing bag, and he goes, you know what? He goes, so many people are suffering out here. I want to see if we can auction this bag off, and we will take that money, and it will go to the Red Cross, uh, the Canadian uh, uh, in, in, instance of the Red Cross to help um, all the people that have been displaced and and you know have lost homes and belongings and in, in, in this big fire in Fort McMurray. So, you know, that's what being a real human is about, right? When you care enough to take something that you've won that is coveted by a lot of people and you want an auction off to help humanity. So, you know, Cody, you know, hats off to you for, for doing the right thing. And, and, and we love the fact that you reached out to us and, and brought this up. Yeah. And so this show is all about Fort McMurray 
and rallying around our brothers and sisters in the oil field up there. Trybrocket.com forward slash TW support will take you directly to the page where you can donate to the America to the Red Cross, I should say, the Canadian Red Cross for the Alberta Fires Emergency Fund specifically. So that's trybrocket.com forward slash TW support. And Mark and I are going to throw in $50 each to get the, the pot going. And when you go there, you can click organization. And whether or not you do, you know, it, it just help. But if you click organization and type in OGTW, we'll be able to, to, to track and know exactly how, how much we were able to help, which would be really great. Which would be really great. But either way, we just we, we really want to take this time to help our brothers and sisters because it, it's a serious it's a serious situation up there. Let's get into it, Mark. Yeah, well, one more little note on that. Come on, people, we're a family here, right? Everybody, every one of y'all on the podcast, we're the oil and gas family. So we have people that need our help. Ten bucks, five bucks, two dollars, whatever you can contribute, go do it. It's the right thing to do, and um, you know we appreciate you helping us help our brothers and sisters up in um, Fort McMurray. Absolutely. So again, that's trybrocket.com forward slash TW support. And that takes you straight to the Alberta uh, fires, emergency Red Cross, like, like Mark said, five, 10, whatever you can give. All right. But like I said, it, it's, it's had a huge impact. So we're going to start off by talking about the impact it's had on the business. And then we'll talk through exactly how this thing spread. So Fort McMurray fires economic impact, one billion in oil sands production lost. Yeah, isn't that a crazy number in that short amount of time? Over a billion dollars yeah, of production has been lost. It's right? basically been three weeks. Yeah, and so um, if if you look at what that number represents in Alberta's uh, gross domestic product, that's about thirty about point three three percent of their GDP. So it's it's not one percent, but in a couple of days, you you. You know, you wiped out almost half of 1% of their GT, GDP. I mean, that's crazy. What happened is 12 oil sand operations were shut down, um, and several more had to cut production because of the fires, because of not just the threat of the fires itself, but when they had to evacuate people, then you have people that um, can't go to work. And so they they didn't have enough personnel to keep production up in some cases. So, um, it, you know, this is going to actually affect Canada's um, economy in, in a negative way. So um, it, it was that large a deal that it's, it's you know, over a billion dollars in lost production. Over a billion dollars in lost production. And it says that rebuilding efforts are going to add $1.3 billion in real GDP. Yeah, yeah it's so it, it, for a little while. What you have to understand in this type of cycle, the rebuild monies would come from insurance companies. And yeah. the insurance companies, if they're based in Canada, are then going to take a loss. So it's not free money. So the money will come in, the economy will take a bump up from the construction and the money, but then the, the economies can be dragged back down an equal amount because the insurance companies have to pay for that. So that, that's a little error there um, just because whoever wrote this article didn't think it all the way through. But everything else in here is, is factual. That's a really good point because that would be a great demonstration of the broken window fallacy being that if, if you just break a window – then we can rebuild the economy. If we just destroyed everything, we could rebuild the economy. So, but um, yeah, you can look at the at the visuals that are in that particular article. It's 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 stunning. And then we have another one from the Guardian: Fort McMurray wildfire cuts oil sands output by a third. 
Yeah, and so the CEO of Suncor, which is the biggest holder out there, biggest operator, it's also Canada's largest old company, said he had about a million barrels a day went offline. Now, some of it's starting to come back, but you know, when you have a million barrels a day go offline, that that's amazing amount of, of loss of reduction. Let, so, let me stop um, you there. Let me stop you there. How much is a barrel of oil right now? Uh, we're almost at $50. Okay, so $50. So $50 million a day. Yeah. I mean, that's that's big bucks. Um, now, Fort McMurray has been was evacuated, and a lot of people weren't able to go to work. But Fort McMurray also has taken damage, and so is some of the um, the uh, oil and gas operating fields. So it's a mix of lack of labor because people had to be evacuated and actual damage by the fire. Um, but it's it cut you know cut their their oil output by a third. Yeah, officials have said eighty five to ninety percent of Fort McMurray remains intact, including the downtown district. About twenty four hundred homes and buildings were destroyed, but officials said firefighters saved twenty five thousand other in the city. Just catastrophic and and let's let's move from there into the timeline of how this unfolded because like i said it's only it's only been a few weeks and so we have from the sun the timeline fort mcmurray wildfire a small fire turns into the beast walk us through this timeline yeah this is a great article james this is a great find so they literally talk you through every couple of hours from the beginning on 4 p.m on sunday may 1st when the wildfires was first discovered step by step on who was deployed, what emergency measures were, were activated, how quickly the fire grew, and and not to go through it piece by piece, but if you want to understand what happened, you need to read this article because this is this is very well done, very short read, right? Um, but you know, but it starts on it starts on a Monday. I mean, I'm sorry, it starts on a Sunday, and then by you know Thursday, it's it's spread to this huge huge fire, and then by um, Thursday, it's it's over eighty five thousand hectares. Um, of, of fire, right? And, you know, 85,000 hectares is about 59,000 acres. Wow. Um, yeah. So to put it, to put it in some type of perspective and then, you, um, you know, you get down to Tuesday and um, the all executives are, are meeting to start bringing stuff offline, making sure their people are safe. Um, you know, and then, um, you know, Wednesday, May 11th, um, the uh, Canada's government opened up um, in combination with the Red Cross uh, f- emergency funding. So the people actually go in and get some money so they could buy groceries and stuff that, you know, so they could feed themselves and their kids. And then it got so bad that by Thursday that there was air issues, uh, air quality issues, advisories were, were issued for both Edmonton and St. Albert um, because, you know, by this time, the smoke is actually getting to the point where it's it's dangerous. So um, smoke, step by step, it's all smoke the way from, it's it's smoke from 24. 20- 20 uh, 241,000 hectare fire so that's how big it got by the end yeah and like i said that's that's um you know i did that math wrong that's that's almost 60 million acres i'm sorry not yeah really wow yeah so i mean this is an enormous enormous fire wow it you know your hearts just go out your hearts go out. And so for right now, the, the, the fire has, has been contained and some, there's been some good news on that front where the Fort McMurray wildfire is now and why it will take months to extinguish. 
Yeah, it's um, it's so they they have enough people and enough equipment that they have this thing controlled. It's not put out; it's controlled. And what happens is, um, you know, people probably have heard of smoke jumpers, right? The guys that jump out of the airplanes with all the equipment, they get behind the fire, and and what they do is they 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 basically um, cut fire breaks, so they burn fire breaks, so the fire can't spread, right? You remove everything that's burnable in a strip, and you try to make that strip a circle around the fire. Now the fire is contained and it can't get out, and then it's it's you know boots on the ground. Um, you know, piece by piece, tree by tree, bush by bush, putting it out. So it's going to take months to actually get this thing out, but it's controlled now, which is the most important thing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah t- that up to t- uh, two thousand forty square kilometers. Yeah, it's just it's just again a massive a massive amount of, uh, of of stuff. But let's talk again about that smoke. So smoke clears over Fort McMurray wildfire, and it's bigger than previously thought. Yeah, so they're they're back to um they they back to pegging this wildfire at uh, five thousand two hundred twenty two uh, hectares, um and that five hundred thousand five hundred thousand right that's a hundred about one hundred twenty nine million acres <laughs> I mean it's huge, um so it's um you know when you have that much stuff burning and the weather conditions were um were really bad so it was hot it was dry it was windy you have the smoke and then the smoke actually becomes toxic. Are, are dangerous right so um it's it's and there's there's nothing you can do about the smoke from a um you know trying to pull it off the air you just have to let it dissipate so there's um you know a lot of the uh, areas out there where people could go back to work it's there's still environmental um warnings out there so they they're not going back to work now by this point by saturday um areas that were evacuated uh, the evacuation orders were lifted so people can start filling back in including some of the oil sands camps um, but it looks like that the people in actually Fort McMurray, the residents, won't be able to return till June first. Got it. And they're also getting help internationally. It says more than a thousand firefighters from around the world are on their way to Alberta. Yeah, including a whole bunch from the U.S. So, you know, there are times when we have wildfires, and our Canadians brothers and sisters come and help us put it out. And this time, we're going to help them. Yeah, and so more than a thousand from Canada, the U.S. South. Africa and other countries will soon join the roughly two. So there's already 1,200 people fighting this, and they get they need another thousand. It just yeah, and that's not counting all the helicopters moving people around, all the um, air water tankers that are picking up water and dropping on fire, the the ones that are dropping foam. I mean, there's a lot of equipment going on. There's you can see tons of bulldozers coming there, and like I said, it's controlled, which is the most important part. And now it's just a matter of work, uh, piece by piece, to get it put out. So we're going to get into the reentry here, but one of the pieces in this article that stands out to me is that they actually have to rehearse for a reentry. Yeah, I mean it's it's that it's that big a natural disaster. How do how does what does that mean to rehearse for a reentry into a disaster zone? Because I know you've been in a couple of them. Yeah. So what happens is <clears throat> if you just let people re- reenter, it's chaos, right? So you have to stage it. You only let X number through at a time. Um, you know, think of things like, um, um, you know, water, right? So they're they're in a boil water, even though the water plant was not damaged. You're in a boil water uh, um, warning, which means that everybody has to boil a drinking water because they're not quite sure if it's contaminated or not. And so, you know, if you let everybody come in at once, it, it would just be it would be chaos. It'd be uncontrollable chaos. So you you basically practice this and then you stage it. Um, so that you can, um, instead of it being a fire hose of people coming in, it's a trickle of people coming in. So you can keep keep control. Right. And then also it said that 
There was some weekend rain that skipped the Northern Flames, but let's move on to the next one. Fort McMurray announces reentry schedule evacuation lifted on some oil sands camps. Yeah, so the ones that are safe, um, they're they're lifting the evacuation um, um, orders so that people can return to work, and it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be several days, probably four or five days before um, the complete reentry is done. And um, once again, and they're 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 worried about people's safety, so they're bit by bit, piece by piece, they're gonna let people in. They're gonna watch. They're gonna make sure they maintain control over the fire. Once again, the weather's not helping. Um, you know what they what they desperately need is the winds to die down and, and for rain. And it's um, you know, like we said, just like you said a minute ago, the rain skipped this area, rain all around it. So if they can get some rain. Um, it'll help them get this done quicker. Um, and you know, like I said, these uh, evacuation orders are being lifted a piece at a time to make sure they can maintain control. Yeah, and then if you want to see the map of the zones and so forth, you can check out the link in the show notes and how exactly they're going to be doing this. Re- yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. Did you have something to add on that? No, no. I'm just I'm just saying that you know now the weather. It looks like um, today because I just checked the weather's actually helping. It's cooled off. Now if we just get a little bit of rain up there, it would make a big difference. Yeah. It also clean the air up too. Yeah, definitely. My dad lives in Spokane, Washington, so. I'm familiar with the, the the smoke in in wildfire season and so forth. We have re-entry day. What Fort McMurray will look like on June first? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like James said, I've I've unfortunately been involved in several large natural disasters, none of which I caused. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, involved. You were you you were a first responder. You didn't cause any of them. Yeah. So, um, so what happens is as these people come back, imagine your house, James, sitting for a week with no electricity. That's, I mean, that, that's all your good. food will be rotten in the refrigerator, right? Um, you probably have mold growing in because you haven't been running your air conditioner. Um, now imagine that you have to re-enter your house and you can't drink the water. So so re- coming back to Fort McMurray, it's not going to be like they left it. It's, 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 a, it's a natural disaster site, and people have to understand um, how you deal with that. Here in the Gulf Coast, a lot of people are, have unfortunately deal with hurricanes and they know what it's like to go without electricity for a week or two and all the stuff you have to do, you know, um, but this is going to be new to a lot of people up there. So the cool thing is um, the people whose houses weren't damaged, uh, they're going to be fine. They're going to have to you know, clean out the refrigerator, freezer, they're going to have to boil water for a while. It's the people whose houses are, are damaged or destroyed, they're going to have to rebuild and it's, and it's just going to take time. I'm going to read through this paragraph because I think it makes it really, really real. One, one's beloved home may look pristine, its yard untrammeled, its siding unmelted, but many homes will be marked by a color-coded government of Alberta sign affixed to the property. Lucky homeowners will have green signs, which mean an inspector's rapid damage assessment cleared the home for occupancy. Others will have yellow place, uh, place cards, restricted use, precaution necessary. Red cards, unsafe, do not enter. And those with destroyed homes will have the obvious will have the obvious relayed to them with blue placards and the message total loss. Yeah, and then you know, another thing about the people that's gonna be different for them is imagine the smell of smoke. It's gonna be pervasive throughout your house in the carpet, in the curtains, in your bed linings. Yeah, so it's 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 yeah, just think pervasive. about when you leave the olive oil on the stove for 30 seconds too long and how, how that doesn't leave your house for, you know, a few minutes or whatever. And then imagine this blaze going for weeks and then that, and then coming back to your house. Yeah. 
so that's what they're going to be coming back to. Um, and, and, you know, they will rebuild and they will get things, uh, you know, get water cleaned up and all that sort of stuff. Just could take a bit of time, but it's not going to be fun for a lot of people. No, definitely not. But let's, let's focus on the positive and rebuilding Canada's oil business needs Fort McMurray to rebuild. Yeah. And they will, <laughs> even this low crude price environment, they will build because, um, the, the parts of the industry that got damaged actually is not extensive, um, what they're what's really hurting right now is lack of electricity, right? So you can't run a pipeline, can't run pumps. Uh, once they get the electricity back, they'll start rebuilding the infrastructure. It was damaged, um, and then this stuff will start coming back online. Because this is oil sands, and basically oil sands is a different geology than almost anything else. You don't drill for it; you mine it. Either mine it, um, the oil sands, or you uh, heat underground. So because of the, just the geology, the actual oil sands aren't damaged. It's just the infrastructure that's damaged that helps you get that oil and move it out the ground and transport it. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to take some time. It's um, a lot of the work camps where the guys live while they're out in the fields have been damaged. Those got to be real rebuilt. Um, but the oil companies, you know, and, and the people that work in the oil industry will get this done like they always do. They definitely will. And, I'd like to take a moment now because we touch on oil sands every now and again, but just so that everyone, in, including myself to a certain degree, although I, I have a pretty fair grasp on, on oil sands production, but let's, let's pick this apart so that anyone listening won't, will, won't be, or I'm sorry, will be able to understand exactly how this, because everyone knows horizontal drilling and fracking in America and how that changed the American energy revolution and so forth. When did they start oil sands production in Canada? So oil sands have had the use of oil sands has been around. I mean, you know, in the, um, you know, our, our caveman ancestors use oil sands as medicine, right? In the American the Indians, the uh, Inuit and the Eskimos. So use has been around for, for thousands and thousands of years. The problem is being able to extract the oil from the sand in a way that's economically viable. And, and really Shell was probably the first company to really figure it out. Um, it's, and it's not just uh, the industry or the world. I actually, about a year ago on CNN.com, somebody had wrote an article about how the low crude prices is hurting the frackers in the oil sands. And I'm thinking, you're CNN.com. There's no fracking in the oil sands. It's totally different geology. So a lot of people get it wrong including some big news organizations. So imagine heavy crude, thick, thick, heavy crude mixed with sand underground. That's what oil sands are. And so you either mine it like a big pit mine, right, um, and where you use heavy equipment to remove the topsoil, and then you get to the oil sands and you load that on trucks or rail or whatever, and it's brought to be processed, or you heat underground so that oil turns into liquid and you can then pump it up. Um, depending on what the field's like, um, both methods now are economically viable probably around 70 65 70 dollars a barrel um, unfortunately like what's happening here in the u.s in canada there's been a bunch of legislation that's been passed that's add layers of tariffs and taxes to oil sands to, to basically makes them not ec economically viable at 50 or 60 dollars a barrel so um but the other thing that's real important to understand about this is those that oil that comes from the oil sands in canada is heavy very heavy crude which our refineries like we 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 struggle to refine our sweet crude that we produce from fracking in the U.S. So what's really important is us having access to that heavy crude so we can mix it with our sweet crude so that we can refine it. 
And that's uh, a lot of people don't understand the importance of that heavy crude. It's not that we want to have heavy. Well, it's not true. We, we need that heavy crude to help us refine our sweet crude. So it, it's vital to, for us to be economically viable on the downstream side of the business. Can you unpack that a little bit more when you say that? So you it, to be economically viable, I know that we had a little bump in gas prices because we switched to the summer blends. Can you can you talk through the the different blending and how that works and then how oil sands plays into that? Okay, so you, now you so that's two different things. So the the gasoline blend is a government mandate to help lower pollutions. Um, twice a year, we switch the refineries by law. Um, have to switch the way the gasoline is actually put together so that it reduces less emissions. Either most of the countries it's cold or most of the countries warm. That's different than when you feed a refinery that's used to refining heavy crudes. The, the refinery set up to refine heavy crudes, and it would cost a ton of money to retrofit that refinery to refine our sweet crudes. So the sweet crudes have uh, lighter elements in it, um, the aromatics, gasoline, stuff like that, whereas the heavy crudes have more of the heavy stuff in it, diesel, fuel oil. And so what happens is in a refinery, they are now blending heavy crude and sweet crude to get a certain mixture that is ideal for that refinery to make the most profit. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then how about the importance of oil sands production for Canada specifically, not only in terms of dollars, because we obviously talked about the dollars earlier, but in terms of powering Canada's infrastructure? Not only power in the infrastructure, think of the jobs that are created. I mean, it's, I don't know what the number is. Maybe we keep, we need to get a fact checker for stuff like this, but you know, we've got thousands of them. <laughs> yeah. Thousands and thousands of high paying jobs, right? This is not working at McDonald's, right? This is good money that you can support a family on. You can save, you can buy a house. Um, and so this part of Canada's economy is very, is, I shouldn't say it's, it was very robust before the crude price dropped. Uh, the, the drop in crude price, of course, hurts them because they have some of the more expensive oil to get out of the ground. But still, um, the industry, the jobs, Canada's export market, um, and think of the um, peripheral benefits. Think of all the work camps. Who built those, right? A bunch of co construction guys. Well, they benefited from the boom in oil. Where did the construction guys get the stuff to build the work camps? Some, you know, Home Depot or whatever. Well, there's all their employees at Home Depot are benefiting from the oil sands. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on the, the way this helps the economy and helps the people there and just makes everything prosperous. Um, it's just it's sad that we had this fire right after the severe drop in crude prices. But we're a resilient bunch. We're a resilient industry. And uh, we'll pop, they'll pop right back up. One of the things that I've liked very much as I've watched this story unfold is instead of a whole bunch of anti-oil and gas people jumping in comments and going nuts about how the sand should stop and everything like that. It's just been remarkably positive. And I've seen so many people that aren't in the industry talking about how how bad they feel for for their fellow Canadians that are suffering from their job losses, from their home losses and so forth. And that's just been really cool to see. Yeah, when, when the end of the day comes... You know, it's people worrying and taking care of other people, uh, regardless of your your political background or your your economic or where you're from nationally. You know, this is a tragedy, and it's um it's good to see so many people globally not only chipping in, um but but actually you know sending stuff and supplies and people and you know this is just great. It's a great people story. I mean, it's horrible tragedy it happened, but it, it's it's turned to a great people story. 
Yeah. And you mentioned chipping in. So we're going to say that one more time as we transition onto the rest of the show. Whatever you can do, please chip in. Go to trybrocket.com forward slash TW review. I'm sorry, forward slash TW support. Trybrocket.com forward slash TW support. If you want to, you can click organization and type in OGTW so that we can track to see exactly how much we've been able to help. But even if you don't do that, just help. Just help however you can. However you can. We're, we're going to start the fund with 100, and hopefully we can get thousands because our brothers and sisters, they need that help. And And it's an awkward transition now, but I think I need a laugh. And this one made me laugh this morning, even though it never makes Mark laugh, so I'm not expecting him to laugh. But knocked out the, the onion of the week, knocked out Secret Service agents, wake up to realize Jimmy Carter is loose. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> he got he, he must have got his hands on a brick and knocked us out. He's quick as hell and a lot and a lot stronger than he looks. And he's smart, very smart. Can't let your guard down for even a second. So <laughs> Jimmy Carter beating up Secret Service agents. Uh, yeah, I got a laugh out of that. And to move on from there, we do have a winner. This is our last winner, isn't it, Mark? It's our last winner for. Red Wing for the next for the immediate future, but stay tuned. Red Wing's not going anywhere. Um, we've got some changes going on. So yeah, our winner is um, Adam Erickson. He's a project manager um, at CL Electric. What is coincidentally uh, interesting about this is CL is from that part of Canada. Um, you know, they're an electrical contracting firm operating in Western Canada. They specialize in industrial agriculture and commercial construction maintenance with an environment of honest and integrity, empowering all employees to full, fully develop their professional abilities. So CEL strives to exceed customer expectations and uh, make sure they do really good work. So um, Adam Erickson, congratulations. You are the final winner of one of these really cool Red Wing offshore bags. You're going to love it. Yeah, and again, that was not by design. I texted Mark before the show and said, you've got you've got to see, it's totally random. We just get an email from our, from Chris, our contact at Red Wing, Yes, you got to see these guys are out in Western Canada and we're going to be doing this whole show. So it's very serendipitous. It's just fantastic. And why don't we talk for a moment, Mark, if you, it, it, because people are going to be a little confused and say, wait, what, this is the last one. What's happening? Yeah. So uh Red Wing sponsorship of this show is coming to a end and it's coming to an end in a great way. Um, they're very happy with the stuff that we've uh, done for them. We're very happy with them as a sponsor. They're going to come back. Um, we're going to have a new sponsor uh, for the show uh, starting uh, next week. Um, but, you know, hats off to Red Wing and the whole crew out there. I mean, they make quality stuff, and their quality is the most important thing to them. Nothing goes out that door unless it meets their standards. And they're just great people. Country company's been around forever. They do good work. Um, they, they're trying to actually make a difference, help keep people safe in the oil field. So, you know, we just have the best relationship with them. Things are changing, but it's changing for the better. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Like Mark said, they're not going anywhere. And we are going to have some announcements around that coming in the future. All right. Intech Process Automation, we have to thank them for their sponsorship as well. That's That's almost, I think, maybe ends next week or the week after. But uh, they still have their artificial lift white paper available for for our audience only. 
Yeah, if, if you're an operator or a service company out there and you're trying to drive efficiencies in the field, I hate to even call this thing a white paper. It's literally a step-by-step -step manual how to do that with process automation. And even if you, you're a very small operator and you don't think process automation can help you, check this out anyway because it can. Um, they were gracious enough to write this for our audience. It's free. Um, all you have to do is go uh, um, go, go to the link that James could give you and uh, uh, grab it. And you really should. You, you should put this in your toolbox even if you don't think in-tech can help you, you need to understand how you can drive better efficiencies in the field. Yeah, I do that all the time where from the marketing side of things, I see a white paper that's available and I go to the landing page and I'm like, all right, they want my contact information. I probably am not a fit for their services, but I really need to learn what's in this white paper. Um, although we do encourage you to work with in-tech because they can help you a lot. Let's talk about events, Mark. Let's back up, James. Where, where do they need to go to get that in-tech? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, to get that white paper, you're going to go to intechww.com forward slash podcast, intechww.com forward slash podcast, and now we'll move to the next part, which is events. We don't have any events next week, Mark, because it's kind of a weird week where the end of the month is the beginning of the, the next month during the week. So we do have something coming up June 7th through 10th at the Hyatt Regency here in Houston, Texas. And it's the CWC World LNG Series, America's Summit and Exhibition. And you always say it is what, it's, it, is what it sounds like. And so this is, this is a great event. So I'll be there as press. Um, this is um, all built around LNG, which if you're in the energy industry, not just oil and gas, but any part of the energy industry, you need to go check this out. Um, it's, they have some great uh, learning. They have a, a lot of good exhibitors there. Um, it's uh, it, it can either be as technical as you want, go as deep as you want to go, or it can be as personal as you want. And I go to this thing every year. I'll be there. If you go hit me up on Twitter, I'd love to connect. But it's, it's absolutely one of the best LNG learning events uh, in the U.S. That's awesome. I That's right before my birthday. So maybe a little birthday present for me. June 12th, by the way, people. June 12th. I've got a list. Maybe I should put a list up there. Uh, Data-driven production conference, June 7th and 8th as well at the Dubber Tree in Houston, and we love data. So talk to us about this conference, Mark. Yeah, this is a smaller, very specialized event. Actually, one of my clients is going to be exhibiting there. Um, but this is all around how you tie data and big data and analytics to oil field production. So you hear James and I talk about this all the time, that it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, it's here. <laughs> it's here. Um, and if, if you listened actually to the, and if you haven't caught it yet, go back just yesterday as of this recording. But, you know, if you're listening to this two years from now, that means nothing. But we talked about that when we talked to NOV about their automated drilling solutions. There's a ton of big data going on there for an autopilot rig. Oh, man, NOV, NOV is a technology company. It just happens to work in the oil and gas industry. Well, James and I um, have, have some good relationships over there, got to kind of see behind the curtains, and, man, they're doing some crazy cool stuff out there. But if you're in that world, into data, you don't even have to be in the oil and gas industry. If you want to see how data is being used by big industry, go check this out. Like I said, it's a smaller event, but it's a, it's a great event. Yeah, and it's at the Double Tree again. We'll have the links in the show notes. The first Friday Q and A is next week, Mark. Let's not forget to record it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're some funny people sometimes. Um, we we get we record stuff late or we miss a date, and other times we record stuff we don't need to record. It's just funny. Yeah, it's um. Come on, folks. First Friday Q and A. Uh, send in your questions. Um, 
anything you want to know about the oil and gas industry, the economy, globally, production, whatever, uh, go submit it. If we read your question on air, you'll get a big shout out. And then do me a favor and go leave a voicemail for James because he's dying for somebody to leave him a voice question by a voicemail. <laughs> I am dying for a question. I've, I've gotten voicemails. I just needed questions. But um, the form, though, I, I find a lot of people like to use the form. That's at tryrocket.com forward slash QA. And you can fill out the form there. Our LinkedIn group continues to grow by leaps and bounds, Mark. I think we're about to cross 1,100. Yeah, so folks, if you like the show, and if you want to know about all the secret stuff that's getting ready to come out, that um, it'll, it'll come out first on the LinkedIn group before you hear about it on the show. So go join so you can keep your uh, fingers on the pulse of, of what James and I are doing because we got a lot of cool, new, awesome stuff coming out, and it'll be on the LinkedIn group first. So if you don't join, you won't know. Um, it takes all of 30 seconds. Now, it's not called um, Oil & Gas this week. It's called the Global Oil & Gas Network for a reason. And once again, you'll have to stay tuned to figure out why it's called that. Um, so go join. Yeah, go join. It's at tribrocket.com forward slash LinkedIn. We've got a couple hey, reviews. Yeah. Reviews. I want to do a quick shout out. Okay, do it. Yeah. So I, I spent some time earlier this week in Tyler, Texas, which I've never been to before. And it is like the most beautiful little town. It was a beautiful drive. You'd never been to Tyler before. I've never been to Tyler before. That, no. Wow. I love Tyler, Texas. I mean, it's gorgeous. So um, went up there and hang out with a uh, Rosalind crew, uh, you know, uh, Denny Pitcher. Uh, Alicia Sonemaker, uh, Erica Perry, big shout out. Thanks for making me feel welcome. Got some good interviews um, and it was just it was just a great trip. So shout out to everybody that made me feel like I was at home. And even, even Casey Oland, who um, follows me on Facebook, um, when she saw that I checked in, she goes, hey, you're in my backyard, which I didn't even know. So she's she's a big listener of the podcast. So big shout out to everybody in Tyler that listens to the podcast. We love you to death. Yes. And if you haven't heard what Mark just said, he is on Facebook now <laughs> and he needs friends. I have way I, more I, friends than I him. I do need friends. I, I have not been on Facebook until James made me do it a few months ago. And so I don't have the 15 years of building friends. So please, even if you're, you don't know me, but you listen to the show, be my friend on Facebook. <laughs> I need friends. It's a really good point to make right there, Mark. I made you get on Facebook. I made yeah, you. You literally, so I'm not joking. He, James literally said, I'm building your, your profile right now, whether you want it or not. So he forced me on Facebook. Yeah. And now your videos are getting all kinds of likes and shares and everything. And yeah, it's, we, uh, it's we helped have you some, a lot. Yeah. Because of James training, I've tried something. It's actually working out well. So I have some Facebook exclusive, very short videos just for people in sales in oil and gas. So you won't find them anywhere else except on our modal point page on Facebook. So if you're in sales and oil and gas, and you want some quick tips on how to just blow away your competition and, and make that commission check very fat, go check it out. Yeah. And the point to make there is that, Mark, I'm not an idiot, right? I'm not the village idiot. I just play one on this show. Yeah. it's um, James is genius. Uh, it's my business success um, in the last couple of years is all credit to James and what he's taught me and what he's helped me learn. Um, and, and yeah, he's not the village idiot, people. Yeah, I, it's it's all a, it's all an act. It's a character. I play character on this show because if I don't stop Mark and slow him down and and say, "What does that mean? What does this mean?" Then the content's going to be over all of our heads. And I know a lot of the stuff he's talking about. And one thing that I want to talk about though is reviews because we're coming up against our time. So, Mark, I gave you the script, and and you're not the digital marketing expert. You're the one who sells it though, because of the fact that it drives better results. So can you please do me a favor right now and sell it hard 
sell it hard because we're at 89 reviews and we need to get to 100. I'm convinced oh, on, if we get to 100, we're going to get over. We're, we're going to get at least to the second spot, if not that first spot on that on that search. Yeah, James, what are we up to downloads uh, episodes? It- oh, that's a good question. It's it's probably I, I'd have to I'd have to have it's it's over 130,000. Okay, so 130,000 people. And we can't get 11 more reviews? <laughs> Come on, people. I know you're listening. Don't turn your head because we see the numbers, right? We just need 11 more reviews to get to 100. So do me a personal favor. It takes a minute and a half. Go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Um, it helps us in our search engine rankings. And come on, man, over 100,000 of y'all listening to us and I can't get 11? Give me, come on, people, do it. Help us out. Get Help us get to that because, again, we're targeting Oil & Gas Podcast. And your reviews are a huge reason we're number three we're gunning for that number one spot. Help us get there. All right, and, and shout out for the two reviews that we did re- receive over the last week. This is from Eddie Happy, May 9th, 2016. Informative and interesting. Five stars. I started listening to this podcast in January, and it has been my favorite pastime throughout my last semester in college. I admire the depth of knowledge Mark LaCour has on so many topics and Mr. Han's level of intellectual curiosity is something I aspire to have. Wow. Thank you. Uh, overall, this is a great podcast, informative and interesting kudos to everyone involved. And there are more people than us involved. So thanks for that. Thanks for that. Yeah. Shout out to Paige and everyone else that's, that's helping out. And then also we've got blue 25, 25, 25, five-star review, shortened to the point, tons of great info. So thank you. Thank you for reviewing. If you want to help us get to 100, go to trybrocket.com forward slash TW reviews. We got to get 11 people, right, Mark? Just 11 people. over. We have 100,000 people listen. Come on, we can get 11. Yeah, we can get 11. Help us out, people. All right. I'm going to start calling you out by name. <laughs> we, don't, we don't actually have your names. <laughs> well, but we could infer it. <laughs> Just look through our friends and say, let me see. All right, you haven't left a review yet. I'm going to start thinking of a few people. We'll call them out on the show. Anyway, all right. If you made it this far in the show, please share it with your friends. And if you have any comments or anything like that about this particular episode, or if you want to dig into the to the show notes in terms of all the links we talked about, you can go to tribrocket.com forward slash TW66, as this is episode 66. And then to share the show, it's tribrocket.com forward slash share li, shares it straight to LinkedIn forward slash share tw, shares it straight to Twitter and share FB, straight to Facebook. And thank you to everyone who's been taking us up on that offer. I've been getting tagged left and right, and I know you have too as well, Mark. So that's really good stuff. It is good stuff. Thanks, folks. Yeah, definitely. All right. I know you have a hard stop coming up here. So you ready to go? Yep. So folks, do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time. Go find some grease, guys. We can talk about the um, I'm a Republican criminal.